Hello, welcome back to Money O2. I don't know where you are, but in Philly here, it is summery and beautiful and I'm so happy. And I'm even happier to introduce you to today's guest, Christy Chambers of The Strategic Coach. Christy has been a coach and a facilitator since 2001 with The Strategic Coach and has worked with entrepreneurs and their teams to help them reach their full potential. Christy has actually spoken at several community events and Tom, our founder, is actually a graduate, I guess you could say, of the strategic coach. So we have a big soft spot for these guys and we think they do amazing work. And I am really excited to bring Christy on the show today to have her talk a little bit more about a special framework and a book by the strategic coach, which is called The Gap and the Gain. If you follow Community or if you're a loyal Community listener and if you've interacted with us at various conferences, we use this framework a lot and we reference what they do a lot because I think it's really powerful. And so I wanted to bring her on the show to guide us through this framework and really refer to it more from the perspective of money and more of a personal financial literacy element. She also shares her own journey with money, sharing how she was raised, how her and her husband have increased their savings by 10X and increased their net worth by 14X, which is amazing. She talks about the importance of finding the right who and so much more. Christy is a perfect example of how you don't have to be good at or even like math or finance to experience greater financial health and progress. The Strategic Coach team has generously gifted the first 25 listeners of this podcast who actually take advantage of it with a free copy of the book we discussed in this episode, which is The Gap in the Game. Now, I know a lot of people, again, if you attended the fill last year, or if you've done a lot with Community, we may have gifted this book. So if you already have it, maybe save this book giveaway for somebody who does not have it. So read in the show notes and at the end of this episode to figure out how you can take advantage and get your free copy of The Gap in the Game. Again, that is only applicable to the first 25 people who take advantage of it. So depending on when you listen to this, that might be gone. So take advantage quickly. And thanks so much to Christy and the team at Strategic Coach. And thank you for listening. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you. Let me know what you think. When we looked at where we started with them in 2007 and the numbers that we had in savings and looking at where we're at now in 2023, we have 10x which I hadn't realized until I slowed down. So thank you for asking, because I'm like, yeah, we've 10X that. And our net worth from 2007 to 2023, we are 14X. The difference between the ideal and goals is ideal, ideals don't have a time frame really around mm-hmm. them. I didn't have a framework around financial literacy growing up because my parents didn't have that. Not having a who was part of my parents' challenge. Christy Chambers, welcome to Money O2. How are you today? I'm doing great, Erin. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you. Thank you so much for asking and looking forward to meeting everybody. Yeah, I'm so excited. And just for those of you who have attended our Phil conference, Christy was an amazing speaker there, and we had really amazing compliments and feedback from that session. And so I figured this outlet was really a perfect place to bring Christy on to really help her frame the work that she does with Strategic Coach and uh, the book, The Gap and the Gain, really as it applies to money. And so Christy, let's just dive in because I always ask people this when we start kicking off the episodes is, Tell me about your own money story and your own journey with money. 
Absolutely. So it was funny, Erin, when you asked me, you're like, let's talk about your money journey. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever thought about my money journey. And I was like, how far back do you want me to go? So I think the really, the story really starts as most of us do is looking at your parents and looking at what your parents had or what they didn't have and looking at their financial literacy. And my parents were amazing humans. They were both child youth workers in the school board and anybody who is related to teachers or anybody who works in the school system, you know that you don't go in that role for the money. You go in because it's where your heart takes you. So my parents didn't actually have a lot of money as we grew up. I mean, they were super creative. So my sister Stephanie and I never really felt like we didn't have all the things until you realize that you don't have all the things. And I think the turning point for me was going out to Wilco uh, up here in Canada. And it was the night before our picture day, being a 10 year old and my mom taking me to, you know, the department store saying, Hey, Christy, I know you've got picture day tomorrow. I know there's going to be kids that are going to be wearing specific name brand clothes. Here's what we can afford to give you and provide for you. And as you get older, if there's things that you want, then you're going to have to save. You're going to have to come up with your money and you can add on to whatever we have, but this is kind of our, our starting point for you. So at that point, moving forward, I was like, okay, well, that's good to know. So anything that I wanted, I saved for babysitting, you know, anything that I could do to help around the house chores and really started to have that mindset of, I don't want to bug them because I know what they have and I know how hard they work, but there's things that I wanted as well. So I knew that I had to provide for myself. So that was a really great life lesson. And I know my parents didn't, they would have loved to have given us the world. But for me, that started my mindset of being self-reliant, getting, you know, lots of paid jobs and also getting my first job as a 13 year old and really worked my way through high school, my work my way through university and really learned how to support myself in the best way possible with their guidance as well. So that's kind of where the journey starts for me and just kind of where I came from. Yeah. And you were mentioning too, I was asking you some specifics around any results that you've had or any transformations. Cause I always like to get specific on this podcast with numbers and you're like, Hmm, that's interesting timing. Cause I'm meeting with my financial planner, which I know you've been huge about getting a support person. And that's been really helpful for you and your husband. So talk to me about any financial transformations as you look back that you would be comfortable sharing publicly. Absolutely. So in past relationships, I'd always been with people that had a safety net. So I'd always been with partners where, oh, you know, if they ran out of money that they would just call home and they would have money come to them. So I was like, oh, a safety net. That's interesting. I don't have that. I'm sure my parents could have begged, borrowed, and not stolen, but um, they would have helped if they could, or if I really needed it. And it wasn't until I met my husband, Dave, who had the same work ethic as I did. You know, he had a job from really early on. We both had a desire to be successful and to achieve certain goals and certain goals together, which was a starting point of, okay, well, this is great. We're both doing pretty well for our ages and starting points in our career. We got married in 2006. And in 2007, that's when we met Russell and Stefan Schmidt from InfoMoney Financial who became our financial advisors. And the two things that Dave and I argued about the most was number one, money. 
and I'm sure other people that are listening can relate to that with your partner of, you know, you're spending too much here, we should budget, or we don't have enough, and also house cleaning. So 2007 was the year of bringing on a financial advisor into our life and also someone to come in and help clean the house, which were both amazing transformations. So having Russell and Stefan in terms of guiding us to, first of all, know what we have and really help us set some pivotal points of where we need to go and grow to or what we want. Um, and to really keep us in the framework of measuring towards where we started from. Like you can get in the gap really easily, which we'll talk about in a minute, especially with finances. If you look back and be like, well, I'm never going to hit the financial goals that I want because I've started too late. Or, you know what, I don't know what those numbers should be. Or you start measuring yourself against other people and you're like, well, they're doing so well. I'm, you know, I'm not anywhere where I thought I'd be at this point in time. So having Stefan and Russell really slow us down and teach us and give us some coaching around what we could do and how to make it simple and really know that we had their unique abilities, as we say in strategic coach, to really free us up from thinking and stressing about money because we know that they had our backs that they would give us. We, we don't, I don't have a, you know, a degree in finance. That would be my nightmare of money and <laughs> anything to do with math long-term. Um, but they were really able to use their skills and their capabilities. So Dave and I were freed up to go and do what we do best, which was our unique ability and doing our roles in our careers and just, again, having some coaching and making it automatic so that they were pulling money from us automatically and really giving us some more financial literacy. So we understood what the numbers meant and they were really clear on what we need to see rather than giving us too much because that could be overwhelming as well. The biggest thing, if you think about a tangible result, is there any number? Is it like, you don't have to say the exact dollar, but is it like we started with X and now we've increased it? X percent, anything that you're willing to share? 100%. So um, my husband, Dave, bought his company, Highbury Manufacturing, in November of 2009, two months after we had our first child, Brady. So you think about the scarcity of going on maternity leave and in Canada, here we get a year. So it's taking a lot of financial success off the tables for that time as you spend time raising your family. But that really started to have us grow financially because there's a lot of freedom that comes from being an entrepreneur. So day buying the business and looking back, as you were saying, we just met with our financial advisors last week and I was like, okay, where did we start and where have, where are we now? So when we looked at where we started with them in 2007 and the numbers that we had in savings and looking at where we're at now in 2023, we have 10X. 10X which I hadn't realized until I slowed down. So thank you for asking, because I'm like, yeah, we've 10X that. And our net worth from 2007 to 2023, we are 14X. Wow. That's like mic drop. So you said 2006 or 2009? 2007. 2007. Started with them with, mm -hmm. you know, Dave being in sales and me being a newer program advisor here at Strategic Coach. To now, I'm still almost 22 years into being a strategic coach, and Dave is um, 13 years into owning Pineberry. Mm -hmm. And throughout that time, we've 14x'd our net worth and we've 10x'd our savings. That's insane. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, again, we didn't do it alone. 
We had some really great who's, as we say, who, not how, and strategic mm-hmm. coach help. But again, if you don't put the numbers down and you're like, wow, we've actually grown a lot more than I had thought until a week ago when we had this original conversation. And just to know what our starting point was and then where we've grown to, it, yeah, it it gives you a sense of pride and it gives you a sense of confidence. And of course, there's still ways we want to grow and we still want to create a great life, but it does give you some cash confidence to know that it's possible. And that's like over a 15-ish year time frame. You've 10X'd your savings and 14X'd your net worth. It's pretty insane. And so when you look at that, it's it also sounds like you don't really think about it because you've automated it and you yeah. have support. You don't really think about it's it's just being done and you don't have to worry about it on the daily. But had you not have A found the who and B helped, sounds like you've automated the what. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. You would not be here 15 years later with that kind of success story to share. So that's amazing. Well, and that's what you all do too with Cunity and just, you know, you've got the nine grid for people and just getting everybody really clear on where they are now and where they want to go and grow to and provide support and confidence and clarity um, because we can't do it ourselves. And there's things that are not our unique ability. And Dave and I both know that coming from, you know, the backgrounds of maybe not having all the things growing up and having the mindset of, yeah, we really want to do well and we really want to do well together. It's good to be able to have someone who's really great at that and can give us direction and can give give us confidence. And they've got a whole box of tools that we don't have so that we can be freed up to go. And as I said, go and do what we love to do and what we're passionate about and help get rewarded so that we can contribute Mm -hmm. to our financial futures. That leads me kind of right into our next question, which you actually just illustrated when you gave your example, which was the gap versus the gain. And I have to tell you, Part of me hates the gap in the gain and part of me loves it because now in our everyday language, Tom, our, our CEO, and um, who's also, for those of you who don't know, we're a family owned and operated business. He's our CEO, also my father. He uses the gap in the gain all the time. And I will admit, I am someone that I like to think I assess risk and I, I try to forecast sometimes worst case scenarios. So then when we make decisions, we can we can live that way. And Tom really operates. So maybe I'm the gap sometimes. And Tom's (laughs) always like optimist opportunity. What's the gain? And I think, so literally the other day on a call, I brought something up and he goes, you're in the gap and I'm a gain guy. I'm like, (laughs) like now it's part of our constant conversation, but it is such a really helpful way to measure progress, not just applied to money, but I want to focus on the gap and the gain as it relates to money. So you take it away, explain what this is. Cause I think for those listening, it can be tremendously helpful as you're assessing your financial reality. Absolutely. And Aaron, you hit the nail on the head with, with the gap in the gain is it's a mindset and there's so many ways we can use it, but what it is, it's a lens by which we look at progress. So the way that the gap in the gain works is we all have a place in which we start. So say, for example, everyone listening, you're like, okay, I'm going to start to save today. I'm not going to buy the $5 latte. I'm going to bring my coffee from home and put that $5 in the bank for future. So there's a starting point. And then we establish an ideal. This is how our minds work. Everybody you know, on this earth today, this is how the human mind has worked for since we've been on this planet. 
But when we have a place that we start and we start to pay attention, when we look towards the future, we visualize what we call the ideal. So the ideal is a mental construct. It's very subjective. It only exists inside of our own minds. So we have a different ideal around all things. It could be around vacations. It could be around your ideal you know, partner. It can be obviously our financial ideals. So we've all create this mental construct for ourselves. And we use that ideal for inspiration to establish goals. And then just by human nature, we need to see how we're doing. So as I said, everybody's mind works this way, but when we stop to measure progress, this is where we break off into two different camps. We have people when they stop to measure their progress, they measure towards the ideal. And the other team, when they stop to measure their progress, they measure from where they started from. So when you stop to measure your progress and you measure towards your ideal, we call that being in the gap. So the reason why you're in the gap is number one is because the ideal is a mental construct, as I said, it's subjective. So only you know what your ideal looks like. And here's where people are going to gasp. It's not achievable. And I know what the fill, everyone was like, what do you mean it's not achievable? And, you know, I was getting ready for people to, you know, rant and walk out of the room. But when you think about it, the ideal is not achievable because it's always moving. So the closer you seem to be getting towards your ideal, the further you push it out. So it's not something that stays still. It's something that's constantly got some ebbs and some flows. So when you stop to measure progress and you measure towards the ideal, you're not going to feel very good. When you stop to measure your progress, you know, and you saved your $5 from your coffee the other day and you're like, oh, but you know, I really want to have $3 million in the bank by the time I'm 50, you're not going to feel really great about how you're doing. You're going to feel a sense of failure. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel depressed. You can feel a sense of low self-esteem if you do this over and over again. So you have a choice and the choice is you stop to measure your progress towards your ideal, or you can stop to measure your progress by looking back to where you started from. So the thing with when you stop to measure your progress and you measure from where you started from, first of all, you're measuring against yourself. So don't look at over the fence and what other people are doing and what other people are done. You want to measure towards your own progress. So you look back and you're like, oh, I saved that $5. I didn't spend it. I drank my drip coffee from home and it was actually great. And I feel good about where I've, where I'm going. So the key thing is when you stop to measure your progress and you measure towards where you started from, you feel a sense of pride. You feel optimistic about the future. You gain confidence. And Dan Sullivan, the co-founder of Strategic Coach says, confidence is the one capability that we all need to learn how to protect. Because when you're confident, you feel like you can do anything. You make bigger commitments. You feel more of a sense of pride, higher self-esteem, and optimistic about the future. So again, there's a choice. So Aaron, as you're saying, Tom's like, oh, I'm I'm the game guy and you're the gap girl. And you know, I know <laughs> our, our clients, they learned about the gap and the game in the first year of the program with a strategic coach. And I remember one client went up to Dan saying, well, you know, Dan, this is amazing. Like you must never be in the gap. 
And Dan's like, oh yeah, I'm not in the gap more than five to 10 times a day. Like, of course we all go in the gap, but you know, when you're frustrated, you're really measuring towards that ideal, that thing that's not achievable. What you really want to do is use that as inspiration because the ideal motivates us. It helps us withstand difficulties and hardships. When things are going upside down and sideways, you're like, okay, well, things will be better tomorrow. And you want to really set proper goals for yourself. And you want to measure towards those goals. And goals are specific, measurable results that are inspired by the ideal. So it's a lens by which you choose to measure progress. It's not easy. It takes time. But when you're feeling frustrated and you're feeling a lack of confidence, slow down and look at where you started from. That's the key. I I actually think this framework, the framework of the gap and the gain is incredibly powerful. And it's incredibly powerful for also preventing dissatisfaction, right? Oh the, we make ourselves, when I think about that, and you know, there's so many times where, especially for those of you consider yourselves perfectionists or things like that, you're always going to measure towards the ideal. And so I think we can give another example, right? To put it from a money perspective, if we talk about, and let's, let's move actually into the ideal versus the goal. And so as it applies to say debt, right? I'm just going to throw out a, a very easy example. Let's say someone has $50,000 worth of debt, right? So their ideal is debt free. And so their ideal is $0 in, in debt. That's the deal. That's the ideal, right? And then the goal is, how does that differ in the framework of debt? What would the difference be? So the difference between the ideal and goals is ideal. Ideals don't have a time frame really around mm -hmm. them, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I want to be debt-free. Um, so Dan Sullivan likes to say there's no unrealistic goals, just unrealistic timeframes we put around them. Mm. So the key thing is you need to have a target, right? It's like, what are you striving for? So you want to use that $50,000 and have that, you know, have that be paid off and be debt-free. You want to have that as inspiration and you want to break that off. If you want to be there, then what you need to do in order to make progress to get there today or this month or this week, or, you know, by the end of this year. So you really have to have some specific measurable targets with a really good time frame around it. So you've got some by wins because the ideal is all about, doesn't, you don't see bumps in the road. It's just like, here's what I want to have happen. And I want to have it now. <laughs> right. And if somebody, if somebody sets the goal to be debt free and it's going to take them four years, they're always going to be in the gap until that four year mark. Right. So somehow they have to have, okay, 10,000 has been paid off. 20,000 has been paid off. And then they can say, okay. I'm now measure, let's say they paid off $10,000 of debt. They've got 40,000 to go. You're now measuring from the, where you've come from versus I'm still this far away from paying off $50,000 in debt. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's part of it. It's the lens by which of, are you looking at how much further you still have to go? Or are you looking at the stepping stones that you've made and the progress that you've made from where you started from? So the $10,000 goal, then you're celebrating, right? You're like, oh, I'm making great progress. I'm hitting. I'm getting there. And you know that that $50,000, you know, being debt free, that's going to move too. Cause you'd be like, well, I want to be debt free and I want to have $50,000 in savings, you know? So you're always exactly. going, you're always going to up the ante. It's never going to be that, you know, that one thing. Your ideal is like, I want all the things and I want to have it now. 
it's, it's so crazy how people are like that. I'm even thinking about that in my own life right now. Like we just moved, my fiance and I were in a temporary space for his job. And so we're in, we're on the East coast for, you know, another three years, and then we'll move back to where we'll be our home in the Midwest. And for the next three years, I'm like, oh, this is not our forever home. I'm not going to decorate it because I don't want to spend money. <laughs> I need to be saving. I still don't live in the home that I want to live in, but it's beautiful. And I'm like, why am I, why do we think like, why do you think people think like that? It's human nature. Like everybody see, it's that ideal that we're always pushing out. We're like, well, I'm not going to decorate it because, you know, we're not going to be here forever, but you still need to enjoy your place right now. You got three mm -hmm. years there. So, yeah. but it's always the like, well, I want, I want things to be different, but if you don't put the stepping stones to play out how to make it different, then you're, you're just always going to feel defeated, right? It's so that mm -hmm. whole, you're frustrated. You're, you know, don't have a sense of accomplishment. Again, when people do this time and time again, you know, people get depressed. If nothing's ever good enough, you feel like you're not getting anywhere. There's, it's hard to get out of bed in the morning without pushing snooze 10 times or being like, mm -hmm. you know what? It's canceled today. Yeah. So it's looking back at where you started from is key. And then having that as your inspiration of, I want to make this place really great for the next three years. And I'm going to use this platform as inspiration for, you know, the home in the Midwest that you guys are going to plant your roots in. Yeah. So did we fully cover also the lens by which we measure progress or did you have more to speak to on that? Well, I think we have, we always have a choice, right? So I know in strategic coach, we don't start any conversation, any workshop, anything that we're doing without doing what we call a positive focus, which is looking at the progress that we've made. So um, there's a quote that's all progress starts by telling the truth, number one, and then to strive for progress, not perfection. So it's really, really key. So when people say, well, how's the week been so far? Or, you know, at the Phil, at the Phil last year, I've said, hey, you know, how's everyone feeling so far about 2022? Who's had a great year? And some people are like, yeah, I had a great year. And they put their hands up. And I'm like, you know, how many people have had a year that they'd like to get a mulligan shot for? Like, just do it again. Like, I've learned, I've got lots of lessons this year. Um, and some people just don't know. They didn't know how the year had gone because they haven't had time to think about it or slow down. So we always have a choice. So people say, hey, how's your day going? You have a choice to go to the negative, all the things that aren't working or all the things that you should have gotten done today, for example, or you have the choice to look through the lens of progress and what's been working for you. And people want to be around people that have that positive mindset. And it's not easy. It's not easy. One of the tools that we have at Strategic Coach is called the 21 Day Positive Focus. And we also have an app called Winstreak. Every new team member that work, that comes into work as strategic coach has to do the 21 day positive focus for 21 days because studies have shown it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. For the positive focus, you have to think of five things a day that are achievements. I could think of one. Sometimes I could think of none. And I remember saying to my dad, I was like, dad, I don't think I can make it at this company because I'm supposed to be thinking of five good things that happen each day. And I can't get there. I can't get to five. So my dad, again, amazing human, he'd say, well, you know, just think about, you know, the mud was up to, you know, my ankles today instead of my knees, like it was yesterday. Like, just think about little things and really start to stack those little things and little things make a big difference. When you slow down and look at where you started from, 
just start to think about the things that give you confidence or things that you're like, well, you know, that wasn't terrible. So it's a change in mindset and it takes time to change our habits. So I think getting some trainings, making sure that you're all slowing down. And again, when it comes to financial literacy, picking the place where you start and you're going to start to get intentional with what you want to have happen and really get clear goals for yourself and make sure that you're measuring towards where you started from, not to where you thought you'd be. Can we do one more practical example of like how you would coach somebody through the gap in the game? Let's say it was someone who wants to make more money. Let's say that's the goal. They think I'm not making enough money right now. I'm so far away what I want to be making. How would you, let's kind of do an actionable coaching session. Yeah. So it's always going to, so what's been working for you? So if you want to earn more money or you want to, you know, own your salon, you want to be super successful, you have to start from where you're coming from. So it's really focusing on your strengths, what's really worked for you, rather than focusing on the things that haven't, because that just makes your confidence plummet. So you really need to start from, okay, what's been working for you? What strengths do you have? Who do you have around you that can help in terms of getting you there and to know that you're not alone you don't have to do all this on your own so part of it is getting confident of where you've been and then getting really clear on your targets so we talk about smart goals they're specific they're measurable they're achievable and realistic within a time frame if you don't have a target you miss it every time and you want to make sure that again dan as i was saying he says that there's no unrealistic goals, just unrealistic timeframes that we put around our goals. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you have confidence of where you've been and you're really clear on where you want to go and grow to, and then making sure that you're checking in along the way is really key to success. It's again, it's a mindset shift and it's trying to spend more time in the gain and less time in the gap. You're going to go back and forth between both, but the gain is where you're going to get the most sense of pride, the most sense of progress. And again, will help you make bigger commitments for the future. Awesome. What is one thing you recommend from this process for those looking to change their financial circumstances? I think the best thing you can do is find a who. So in Strategic Coach, we talk about unique ability, as I said. So knowing what we do really well, And then knowing what we're not great at. I know for a fact that finances like math was not my best subject. By far, I look at my kids. I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) You got my math brain. And again, I didn't have a framework around financial literacy growing up because my parents didn't have that. So again, I think part of it too is not having a who was part of my parents' challenge. They actually got some bad advice from just a random I don't know if it was a financial advisor. My sister was talking to me yesterday about this and said, somebody said that it's always better to rent than to buy a home. So they had this in the back of their mind for their whole lives. And we rented, we Mm -hmm. grew up in a co-op where we needed to get some financial help. And I was coaching one, our team tools program down in Dallas on my mom's 65th birthday. And I took her down to Dallas with me and just like a mom she's like I've never seen you coach is it okay if I come in and watch you know from the back of the room and I was like no you can't come watch me coach mom and I was like well wait a second 
why can't she? So I picked two hours that I thought would be really beneficial for her to watch. One was on our tool called the strategy circle and the other was the gap in the game and learning about the positive focus. And my mom said, this gap in game, this positive focus is game changer. She was bipolar. So a lot of her time, a lot of time growing up, you know, she was in the gap, she was depressed. And if she wasn't, then she was on the manic side and spending a lot of money <laughs> and my parents didn't have. And she said, you know, your sister and my brother-in-law were just buying a home outside of the Toronto area. And my mom said, there's townhomes that Stephanie said were available. Can we do a strategy circle at dinner to go and think through the possibilities of your dad and I buying a home? And I was like, yes, we can. So we went out for dinner and the strategy circle helps you get clear on what's your goal. So what do you want to have happen? What's your time frame by which you want this goal to happen? And then get really clear on your results and your payoffs. So what does your goal look like once you've achieved it? So mom and I had, she talked this through and I helped capture this in the strategy circle. Then you think about your obstacles. What obstacles may stand in your way of achieving this result? And the last part is transformation. It's getting clear on strategies to overcome your obstacles, which helps lead directly to what you need to do, your game plan to get to where you want to go and grow to. So circling back to my parents not having money while we were growing up, they ended up buying their first home, their town home at 65 and 68 years old. And they actually, unfortunately, we lost my mom in September of 2017 and we lost my dad in January of 2020. But they actually left us cash, which my husband Dave and my brother-in-law Dave, yes, we both married Dave's to make life easy for my parents, I think. But they thought that they would be helping take care of my parents throughout their lives because they didn't have a lot of cash confidence. And yet they left us some money where we both bought second properties, you know, had a little bit of money for down payment to help increase our net worth and our financial futures as well. So long story short, find the right who, who is going to make a difference for you. Find the right financial advisor, find the right team, like you guys at Cunity, just being able to get clear on what financial goals look like for you, because it's coming from you, it's your goals. And then you want to make sure that you are protecting your confidence and you're just measuring towards where you started from always. The ideal is going to be out there. Sometimes it's going to pop up and you're going to be like, you know what, I'm in the gap right now and I'm going to stay here for a bit. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> but then you know how to get out of it and to keep moving forward with more of a sense of abundance than scarcity as you move forward and all things, not just with financial futures, it's about your progress in life, it's your progress in your careers and all you're striving for as well. That's so amazing about your parents, by the way. I didn't realize that. That's what a gift that they gave you and also how cool that you were able to, it also just shows with a little bit of education and a perspective change and a mindset change, how that can change not only to quality of life, but also financial reality, right? It ended up with them leaving you an inheritance. And you also, we talked about this on our prep call. If you wouldn't mind sharing your father, you shared what he retired with, his income. And yeah, would you mind sharing that? 
No, not at all. So when Aaron and I were prepping for this, no, and I said at the top of our conversation today that, you know, my parents didn't go into child needs work for the money. They made such a difference in kids' lives. But when I started at Strategic Coach, I was making as much money as my dad in his last year as a child needs worker. Mm. So my dad was leaving in 40 years as a child and youth worker, making $40,000 Canadian the year. Wow. And I was coming into my role as strategic coach, making 30 plus commissions. So more than him in the end of my first year as his last year going out. Wow. It's a reality of the career paths we go down. I mean, you're going to go in ebbs and flows, but you go in for it, for the passion. You got to figure out how to make the best of what you got. I mean, and just, I think for everybody listening to, I think a lot of people on here are business owners or you're striving to be business owners. But you have to remember that this world isn't for everybody because there's no guaranteed income. You know, if you work for somebody else, you're in the time and effort economy, you've got a job, which brings a lot of security. But when you choose to do things out of your comfort zone, like be an entrepreneur, like our clients and strategic coach living with my husband and, you know, you take more risks for more opportunity Mm -hmm. and have more freedom, but you need to focus on results and capture results because there's no guaranteed income. Right. So that can be a challenge in itself as well. Totally. And that path is not for everyone. Absolutely. And I think that just illustrates too, it's really not about what you make. It's about what you do with it. And I just think that's so, that's such a great way to round out the story that your parents were able to leave you something and what a gift and what a gift that you were able to support them buying their first home. That's really amazing. Thank you. And it's all about confidence and slowing down and getting clear on what you want. They were told, you know, don't ever buy just rent. It makes more financial sense, especially having, you know, not a whole lot of cash confidence. But then you're with the right who, you know, going to a different banker and the bank, the banker at 6568 are like, of course you can buy a house. You can make this work. Totally. You can make this happen. So she gave them confidence. My sister and I and our families gave them confidence saying, hey, if something hits the fan, we're here to support you guys too. We can Mm. help. And they were such proud homeowners, Aaron. I can't even. So proud. They were proud of their townhouse. They just loved, like, even when my dad was in hospice, he's like, that house is going to sell for 500 grand. And we were like, you are crazy. (laughs) They bought it for two. We sold it for 550,000, 10 years later. And there was a bidding war. We actually, we actually, both of my, our parents passed in an amazing hospice just outside of Toronto called McNally house. Mm. And we were giving part of the sale of the house towards McNally house for just the freedom that they've given my parents and our families in passing. Um, and people wrote letters and then talking about how much McNally House had meant to the community. So yeah, we had a bidding war and 550,000. Dad was cheering up in the sky. Yeah. Oh, I told you so. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing legacy that they got to leave too. I mean, oh, I love it. Well, I think Christy, there's so much nuggets that you gave through this. And every time I talk to you and every time I get back to the gap in the game, I'm like, okay, how can I constantly reframe? Because it is a training your mindset process and it is a constant reframe. And it's, it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, there is the reality of like, I do just want to be in the gap, but I need to be in a, in the gap for a hot minute. And then I can focus on, you know, reframing and being in the game. So I think it's just really 
an amazing way. And I think especially with money, it's so powerful to allow us to stay the course and build confidence and get excited about the process and not be so focused on the ideal because it is the ideal is always moving. It's always moving. And once you achieve it, there's a new ideal. And I'm constantly reminded of that too. So thank you for this. You're welcome. And you never quite get there. So yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I know for you, it's like, oh, I'm only 10 X my, my savings. I need to, I'm not going to be happy until we 20, 30, 40 exit. Right. Well, and a lot of us aren't happy with conventional success, right? It's like, you've got, you know, you've got some cash confidence, but a lot of us are transformative and we've got big ambitions and you know, again, that's what keeps everyone moving forward. So just pick your starting point, everybody. Make sure that you've got, you know, use that ideal as inspiration and set some key goals for yourself, some key measurables and help find some great who's to help get you there and to keep you confident. That's that's the name of the game. Awesome. Well, I am really, really excited because the team at Strategic Coach has gifted 25 gap in the game books. So in the show notes, the first 25 people that fill out or send the email, um, will get a free copy of the gap in the game. It is really, really powerful. It's a really easy, but powerful read, especially if in your, if you're in the space for it. So for those of you who listen to this first and take advantage, do it right away. So you can get your free copy. And if you're curious more about learning some of the tools and practices that Christy has shared with us today, you can check out strategiccoach.com. And if you miss getting the free book, I would definitely encourage you to order it on anywhere you can get the book, right? The gap in the gain. Christy, any final words? I, I just want to say thank you so much, Aaron, for all you're doing um, to support your amazing community. And again, strive for progress, not perfection, everybody. That's that's part of it. Make sure that you're measuring back from where you started from and have fun along the way. Life is short. We don't know how long we're here for, so enjoy it. Amazing. Christy Chambers, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Erin. I love the end of this episode, really how it comes full circle. And Christy was able to watch her family who really didn't, you know, from an earnings perspective, they they didn't make a ton of money, but yet they were able to be smart about it and totally change their financial reality and their legacy by leaving money to Christy and her family. And I just think that's such a wonderful gift that it's never too late to start and also how your own finances actually impact many of your loved ones. So such a blessing, such a perfect full wrapping and full closure to Christy's story. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope it inspires you. And again, I love this framework of the gap and the gain because speaking from someone who tries to balance between the gap and the gain, um, I think it's a really healthy framework, um, especially as it applies to money. So again, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.